Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Also, Charlie Long sitting in with us. Charlie will take over at 6 o'clock, 6 to 7. And then Mac McMahon Show, the LSU basketball coach. LSU 2-0 and in the SEC play, right, guys? Oh, I'm, I'm surprised. How about uh, that? 2-0. Uh, I, I, I would, if you'd have told me uh, before SEC play started, I thought they'd be um, – 0 oh, and two, maybe one and one. Yeah, I, I would have thought one and one. Yeah, the difference that, a starting good. point guard can make, though. Right, right. That's does true. Yeah, make a big been difference. Standing for them so far. Yeah. What are the odd segment is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of WWL. Guys, we're going to go on Saturday's game, and this is the one game that really sort of catches my eye. And Cleveland and the Houston Texans. I don't think anybody would have thought. They would have ended up in this spot, especially Houston, uh, to do what they've been able to do. Um, guys, I uh, didn't get to uh, hang around for the pick segment, but your thoughts on, on Cleveland Texans, two-and-a-half-point favorite? I think, Cleveland's, uh, I think Cleveland's the most complete team. Uh, you just look at scoring defense. You look what they've done. And you got Joe Flacco. Uh, if they can run the ball, it'll do play action. Joe Flacco will throw for 300 yards. And the season veteran that he is, Cleveland would be one team that you better pack a lunch or you might get humbled. Now, the Texans are a feel-good story. But uh, I, I'm looking at uh, the Texans that I watched that Colts game and uh, what occurred. I think they're just glad to be there. I think, I think they played their playoff game Saturday night. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, really I, and I look at Cleveland, how they've handled adversity. You're on your fourth quarterback and how they're winning – that's why there's no excuse when you look at injuries. Uh, the Browns are opposed to child to handle adversity with injuries and you're still um, answering the bell. Uh, I, I like Cleveland. I'm giving up the two and a half points. Uh, oh. I, I like Cleveland, too. They went in the trenches. You maybe, you arguably have the best defensive player in the game. Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a difference maker up front. And uh, you could say Joe Flacco's a feel-good story, too, but he's done that, been there. Joe Flacco, people don't realize He's done that already. Uh, okay, look it up. Joe, look at Joe Flacco's record in the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, they would be like, oh, uh, like uh, even Skip Bayless and all them cats, they'd be like, oh, Joe Fluco. What a Fluco. Well, he's a good fluke. Look at his postseason record. Joe Flacco's been out, uh, outstanding. And you know who's been a thorn in his side? Uh, Joe Flacco's been a, a thorn in Tom Brady's side. Add Boston against the Patriots and all that. So anybody poo-poo's Joe Flacco because he's 38 years of age, whatever, 
Hey, you better watch what you wish it for. How great would it be for him to retire as like a hero of two AFC North teams, like with the Baltimore and then obviously no, Cleveland? If he if, does that in Cleveland, they're building a statue yeah, as big as anybody's And, and then, I, I can tell you what, uh, he won a Super Bowl <laughs> with the Baltimore Ravens against the uh, 49ers. It was right here in New Orleans. Sure enough. If he'd win a Super Bowl, now you got to let it play out. If he'd win a Super Bowl with Cleveland – He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That'd be two Super Bowls. It's not even a question. They're two, two different teams. And there are two stats that I'm looking at with this game, specifically Houston at home. They're much better than they are on the road. They're 6-3 and three at home this season. But Cleveland, the matchup isn't good. Cleveland against Pat, like C.J. Stroud, unbelievable. He's going to be the off- offensive rookie of the year without a doubt. And I feel bad for Puka Nakua because any other year he would get it. With the Rams, yeah. Yeah, the receiver, rookie receiver, fifth-round pick. But with C.J. Stroud against that Cleveland Browns defense, the number one passer defense in the NFL as far as passing yards per game, opposing passing yards per game, Cleveland, 164. So no, poor C.J.'s got a no, really tough matchup. Hey, in his, hey, in his hey, Charlie, like Charlie's saying, 164 this day and age, I think there might have been a couple of games off the top of my head. Cleveland didn't even give up 100 yards a game passing. What? No. no. To think about that. No, the other thing, I, too, is. Watch out for Cleveland. They're the Texans have not walked down this football aisle. That does yeah. mean something. Man, come on. You got a rookie. Look at the record of rookie quarterbacks. They got a rookie head and coach, the playoffs. a rookie quarterback. Man, walking and- down that football aisle, you, you better be prepared. Now, Cleveland doesn't have a lot of experience, too, but they've had recently some a lot more than what the Texans have. Well, and, and, and you look D'Amico. Especially with a rookie. Yeah, quarterback. you look at D'Amico Ryan, uh, obviously outstanding job. Okay, let me tell you why a lot of uh, fans can't handle this. Oh, you need to hire an offensive coach. You got to hire a head coach, offensive coach. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter who's the coordinator. Didn't he work out for the Texans, uh, D'Amico Ryan? He was an outstanding linebacker for the Houston Texans when he played, and he's defensive coordinator with the 49ers. He's the head coach. He ain't coaching C.J. Stroud. So look at the success they had. Oh, you got to hire an offensive head coach. You can't go to defensive side. The Texans have a defensive coach, and they got C.J. Stroud. Look at the success. Two candidates for coach of the year tier, too, as well. uh, Stefanski versus D'Amico. That's going to be an interesting thing. With Stefanski. To me, D'Amico Ryan's taking them from where they got it. Without a doubt. And bringing them to where he's at. Man, Stefanski in any other year would be slam dunk. He's the guy. But this year, D'Amico. man, D'Amico. And looking at, I mean, we're still on what are the odds. If you're looking at their passing yards right now for this game, the pl- the props are CJ 242.5, which, you know, as, as I just read, Cleveland doesn't give up 165 passing yards I would per take game. the under. And then Joe the Flacco. But Joe Flacco, 272. Like, that, that just shows how crazy Flacco has been so far. He's throwing for, like, 300 yards per game. Yes, I, like, I, game I'll in, tell you, game that, that number's about right. Oh, that might be right under or right over that. I think that number's kind of right on, Charlie. 275 for Flacco. And yeah. it, I mean, if Flacco is throwing it all over the field with, you know, Amari Cooper and David Njoku, he loves his tight ends. David Njoku's having, like, a career Njoku year. Njoku has really been the revelation there because he was a good player. And as soon as Flacco hits the scene, he's been outstanding. Upper level. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, who that nation, I'm going to give you all permission. Uh, if you're going to cheer for a team, I think right now, if you're going to choose the NFC, AFC team, uh, we want the Lions and the Browns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That'd be the most blue collar underdog Super Bowl because they've never been there. How can, unless you're in the division, how can you hate the Lions or the Browns? It'd be a great story. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a great Now, the networks might not like it. 
whatever. Uh, but uh, I'm not I sure mean, the networks uh, would be thrilled but about I'm that. But I'm like, uh, come on, Cleveland Browns in Detroit. I, I, I think that'd be the ultimate feel-good story. I think one game that the networks will love: an NFC Wild Card playoff, Packers, mm. Cowboys. That line is now seven and a half. Go Cowboys. Go. <laughs> and I think the key here is: can the Packers run the football? Uh, against the Cowboys, because if you're going to try to play in the Cowboys lane and you fall behind, you're in deep trouble. Oh, yeah. It's sick them uh, with this the defense season, they got. Uh, this season, I can tell you right now, I think no matter if they were playing the 49ers or the Ravens, if Dallas has a lead, they have a great chance to win. Mm-hmm. I agree. But if they got to play catch-up, uh, a number of teams – all of a sudden, they, they start getting up tight. The sphinxes start tightening up, and they got like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, no. But if they got a lead, uh, Mike, uh, Dallas is ve- uh, they're very dangerous. So th- that's gonna be if Green Bay can jump on them and put pressure on them. But but if Dallas is ahead, Mike, if Dallas uh, then, then, then the Packers uh, are in uh, deep trouble. Uh, if, if okay, it's seven and a half uh, spread. If Dallas jumps on them early. Uh, is that they going to cover Micah that? Micah Parsons is going to pin his ears back yeah. and get right at yeah, the Yeah, they're going to cover that. Demarcus Lawrence. It, 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 oh, yeah. So look Man. at the beginning of the game. If Green Bay can get off to a fast start and kind of set the tone, uh, Dallas don't want to be in that kind of game. That half point is so tricky. Yeah, I hate right, it. Right. I hate it that's so that's much. That's why you take the seven and a half. Yeah, well, if it was seven, it might be a little bit more one difficult. One thing that actually kind of interests me about this one, guys, is the over-under on it's pretty high. 50 and a half. It's only one point lower than what the Rams-Lions uh, game is. And I, I think that both of us would agree that the Lions-Rams game, I think we're expecting to be a little bit more high scoring than this matchup. But Because the uh, Lions yeah. secondary, boy, if they got a weak point, it's there. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Boy, if you can take advantage of that. And then, well, you know who's going to want to have a good show too, Mike? Because CD Deuce. No, 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 not CD Deuce. I'm talking about from a quarterback oh, perspective. Okay. Matthew Stafford was 0-3 as a Lions quarterback. He already won a Super Bowl. In the Bowl. playoffs. Mm-hmm. You don't think he wants to have a good showing going <laughs> back to Detroit? I'm telling you. Uh, now, uh, look at Jared Goff, the same thing. And Jared uh, Goff's playing his old uh, team. Uh, so the Rams got rid of him even though he took him to a Super Bowl. But I'm telling you, they're playing in Detroit. Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, he can fling it. He can spin it. We've, we've uh, talked nah, about it. The, yeah, the amount yeah. of skill position talent on the field uh, from both sides. Like, right, right, right. So, uh, just Puka too Nukua, bad that the Kyra tight end hey, for the Sam Lions Laporta. gets hurt. Yeah. No, Man, no. Sam was having a great year. Charlie and I talked it's about Sam him Laporta, that, so that's much. That's bad for Jerry Goff. Yeah, uh, around they draft still got time. Ross St. Brown, yeah, yeah. Jameer Gibbs, David yeah. Montgomery. James, uh, Jameson Williams. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of talent So what's the over none in that? That one's only one point higher than the Cowboys. Yeah, via FanDuel, it's 51 and a half. It's only one point higher than the Cowboys. Cowboys Packers matchup. The only way, Bob, I can if you look see well that, enough, you might find fifty-one somewhere. But you got to look no, good uh, because I, it's I, like I, a 30-21 type of game. Like, but but that's kind of what I'm saying is, do they expect maybe the Cowboys to just blow out the Packers in this game? That's like the only thing I can. No, think. I think they like think it third, might be like a, a shootout, like a thirty-eight to like seventeen game. Then you go over or something like that. I don't really know. Uh, but I, I, that over-under kind of confuses me. Well, well, we need Jordan Love to walk in love. Uh, I, I tell you what. Jordan he ain't the love, same guy the Saints uh, saw. Uh, that's why it's a shame we didn't beat the freaking Packers. Jordan Love's not even the same quarterback right now. When we played him, he wasn't that good. But now he's good now. No, I, I still, come on. We're winning by 17 points with 12 minutes left. How do you get the double-digit wins? And then you get a punt return touchdown on special teams? You should never lose. That game to me, I uh, will never. You might say, "Well, Groupie got to make the game winning kick," but they still would have. 
They still had, had a minute a, left. They had over yep. a minute to come back. And the Saints secondary uh, was getting uh, torched yeah, in that game. Not, no. uh, and that, yeah, that was a kick in the coconut, so to speak, uh, to no, lose uh, that uh, game. Because right then, the Packers in the September compared to where they were in December, like night and day. When that game uh, you're talking about, the Saints hosting the Eagles in this wild card round on Monday Night Football instead of the Buccaneers. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's a no might have been. That is our What Are the Odds segment presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of WWL. We'll be back with more sports talk. And Scott Shanley, a Saints pregame, postgame analyst for CST, uh, your view. And uh, he'll talk about Saints, NFL matchups. And we'll get his opinion, too, on Nick Saban right after this break here on the Big 870. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Charlie Long, and on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line from uh, former Saint Scott Shanley, Saints pregame, postgame analyst for CST on your view. Scott, before we start talking about the NFL Saints, I want to ask you about your opinion. Uh, we got the news. Nick Saban retiring from University of Alabama, the greatest college football coach ever. Your thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was shocked. I mean, it's, it's, it is definitely, I agree with you. Um, you know, I grew up in Nebraska and watched Tom Osborne. He was kind of my idol and that's, that's the man I wanted to play for. The only reason I wanted to play football for the University of Nebraska and he was an icon and, um, but there's no debate about who the greatest college football coach is of all time. And what Nick Saban has done for the game, what Nick Saban has done for so many young men, getting them uh, not only a college education, but a lot of guys, he, he coaches, he coaches them up discipline, accountability, gets them to the NFL, and they have great NFL careers. So Nick Saban has done a lot for a lot of people um, and a lot for the game. So he will be missed, but I know there's a lot of people in the SEC that won't miss him. He can come watch some games and, and cheer from the fans like everyone else. Yeah, we can, we got a nice suite for him at LSU if he wants to come watch those <laughs> there you games. Go. Yeah, uh, now, Scott, uh, you had every Saints game and uh, what occurred. And obviously, uh, I think uh, the players respect Dennis Allen. Considering how hard they played for him, uh, they didn't raise the white flag. The, the effort was always there. Now, ultimately, uh, you can look back and reflect back. It's always a handful of games or plays, uh, whether you get the double-digit wins or not. But to me, what occurred at the end, I don't know if you're old school like I am. I think if you're in a victory formation, you can't try and score. I mean, in the story, like coach to coach and how you respect one another, uh, that I think the players, if they all agreed upon that, uh, that that was out of line. 
Now, it might not be as many players as you think, uh, but that to me is a problem that you don't do uh, what the head coach says as far as you're in victory formation. Because to me, I've always said this. You played on defense. I was on offense. It's the most humbling thing when you know you can score, but you don't try and score, and the game's over. It's been over. So when that occurred, I was kind of disappointed that maybe it's a different generation, uh, whatever, and, and how we view things. But I, but I don't think it was the right thing to do. And it could be nothing to do with the Falcons. It could be we could be playing the Bills, the Seahawks, whatever, or vice versa. You just don't do that. And the one thing I'm going to tell you is that I think if you don't um, respect authority and do what the head coach says, Jameis Winston is too stupid to know that this could affect his future because if he wants to go play for another team and, you know, coaches talk, you can say, I don't know, uh, he's kind of, he goes and does what he wants to do. So uh, but what is your take on that? Because I'm telling you right now, Jameis could say, oh, well, this is what the team wanted to do. Well, what the hell the head coach wanted to do? I don't think that'll happen under <laughs> yeah. Coach Mara or uh, Coach Payton, uh, Nick Saban, Vince Lombardi, go on and on. That would not have happened. End of story. No, no I, I, I agree, Bobby. It was an interesting dynamic during the game where you, we played our best game of the year against a hated rival, and you're going to hopefully try to make the playoffs. We, at that time, you're still hoping to make the playoffs, but – we came out in victory formation and then ran that play. And so the crowd starts to boo when we come out in victory formation. They run the play. The crowd loves it because they think, oh, my gosh, this, we're really sticking it to Atlanta. So everyone loves it. <laughs> and then you find out what had happened. So then people go from loving Dennis to now not liking Dennis because Den- right, there is a code of ethics. It, it, just the player to play fraternity exists. That is just with the coaches, too. These guys all have to see each other in the offseason. These guys all at some point are probably going to work with each other some way or some fashion. That's a question. So, yes, Dennis was extremely embarrassed that that had happened because that's his fear, and he didn't want him to think he was, he was trying to take a cheap shot at the team. So Dennis did the right thing and apologized um, and then told what had happened. And I think as soon as Dennis told what had happened, everybody thought, well, the team doesn't respect him. See, there's a lot of Dennis Allen leaders that think that just proved that Dennis doesn't have control of the team. And I agree with you, Bobby. I I think this team played hard for Dennis all year. There were tons of times when they could have quit. But I don't think that one instance by Jameis, and I don't, I'm, people are going to think I'm hating on Jameis, but, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And I think you said a lot of what I was going to say. Jameis, I think, knew that was his last play in a New Orleans Saints uniform, and he wasn't going to live with Dennis Allen. And you can just tell the body language of some of the other players who were out there on the field. They knew it wasn't right. Like, I don't want to really be involved in this. I'm not going to cheer that Jamal scored a touchdown because I don't really approve this. So, I think this went rogue, probably talked some other guys into doing it. But, yes, teams are going to say, okay, the thing I find funny about Jameis Winston is, he, he, why didn't people love Jameis this way when he was the starting quarterback? It's easy to think the goofy guy is goofy when you're the quarterback. But when you're the starting quarterback and you're eating W's and doing all the things, everybody says, oh, my God, this is our franchise quarterback. So Jameis needs to be careful. If he's trying to get a job in the future, these, these types of plays will cost you. And I think, yes, is Jameis a good teammate because he does things like that and he goofs around and he acts funny in the locker room? Yes. And I can relate how people like him. That's all funny when you're the backup quarterback. But let's remember, this guy was supposed to be the franchise quarterback in New Orleans. Andy Dalton beat him out. Still turned the football over in the few attempts he had this year. So 
I, I, I think people need to pump the brakes in choosing Jameis Winston over Dennis Allen when it comes to, to what side you're on. Well, uh, to choose Jameis Winston over Dennis Allen, uh, Jameis had an opportunity. Uh, look at the Green Bay game when it was well in hand. Uh, look at the other games when he came in. Uh, th- did he make a difference? He might throw it up, but, I mean, he didn't uh, bring us back to a miraculous victory or whatever. No, Jameis Winston, I've said this, Scott. You know, and there's uh, 32 teams. Uh, there's not 64 quarterbacks better than Jameis Winston, but that doesn't mean he's in the top 32. He could be a pro football quarterback, but that doesn't mean he's going to lead your team. I think well, what occurred, I don't know if he's so stupid, or uh, maybe representing, he thinks some other team's going to want to put up with that. Jameis Winston now made himself to be a perennial backup. I'm not saying you can't play in the NFL. Uh, right now, you think Jameis is going to be uh, Winston's anybody else's starter? Nobody wanted him going into the um, the 20, uh, 23 season. Oh, uh, the Colts wanted me. Uh, no, they wanted Uncle Rico. Uh, they wanted Garden Minshew. They didn't want you. Uh, to be the guy, maybe, uh, considering what you accomplished. So, no, Jameis Winston is the NFL uh, uh, quarterback. He's just not the NFL starter. Yeah, you guys got me? Yeah, 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 go, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's kind of the statement I was making earlier. I know I was cutting out, but, yeah, uh, the Saints signed Jameis to be the franchise quarterback. If Jameis was the franchise quarterback, in my honest opinion, Sean Payton would still be in New Orleans. I think I Amen. think that's how far that I think that's how far that whole thing goes. He Sean saw the writing on the wall. He saw I still have the same guy that Tampa had with that talented team, but he still turns the football over. And so there's just some players where you can improve, but that improvement still isn't good enough. And um, like I said, I don't want it to be a Jameis hate session, but I think Jameis is much easier to love when he's in a backup role. That's just the way I look at it. Well, well, and the thing is, I'm not hating Jameis Winston. How can you hate anybody? He provided for his family, and they go, well, he's such a great team player. Well, hell yeah, he's making like $19, million. What, he's going to be a jerk? He's being well compensated, and then he can be compensated in the future. You got to know how you handle things, because how do they keep you around when you have well above a double-digit career? Why all of a sudden Joe Flacco at 38 years of age has an opportunity? You know why? Because he's good people. Uh, Joe Flacco, look at the opportunity he had. And, uh, you know, you can't burn no bridges. And coaches talk. Scott, you know that coaches talk. You got to respect authority and you can't go rogue. I mean, uh, you might say, well, Aber, you, you like old school uh, and all that. These players are different now. I don't think that never changes. I think it never changes as far as you respecting what the coaches want you to do. And you, and, you, and you follow, I don't know if it's orders, if that's the right thing. But, but, but you don't, listen, if we were running a play that wasn't victory formation, then I understand that. Atlanta might be like, well, damn, they're running a play. I got to come off the ball. But when you're in victory formation and you don't kneel, so what's going to happen the next time, Scott? If I'm playing the Saints and they're in victory formation, you might be a D lineman. And everybody's supposed to just, okay, uh, we're kneeling. Somebody's going to come off the ball and knock the crap out of somebody, and somebody might get hurt because you think you're doing a victory and kneel down. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what will happen. You're going to end up getting an offensive lineman hurt or somebody because they're going to say, hey, you saw the play the Saints ran at the end of 
of the 23 season. You can't take anything for granted. They're going to try to sneak something by. So you're going to get an offensive lineman injured or something like that. So, yeah, there's just a, there's a code of, way you, of the way you do business. And there's a lot of teams around the league who could probably get cheap plays off of victory formation. And you just can't do that. And do I understand wanting to be a good t- teammate and getting Jamal a touchdown and, and this and that? Yes, I do. But at the same time, Jamal had 17 games to get a touchdown. Amen. And it's just it's one of those things. Yeah, the, the, whole, the whole season, when he led the NFL, you want to talk about uh, going on top of the mountain down in the valley. Think about Jamal Williams. He led the NFL with 17 touchdowns, so you're going to give him that garbage touchdown? If I was had pride and I'm a player, I don't want that kind of touchdown. I want to do it when the game counts. Even throughout the game against the ladder, he averaged 1.9 yards a carry. Come on. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but maybe young players think differently. Oh, does that really count? That damn touchdown don't count. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think on the on another point on that is is uh, young kid Miller looked looked really good. I was, I was so happy that he got in at the end of the right. Kid Miller he gives was a lot of people hope for the offseason. Yes, he a kid that size to have the, the the cuts and the breaks that he had, and he looked really good. But to your point, the, the other problem with those type of plays. Yeah, everybody wants to say, well, Dennis Allen doesn't have control of the team. What it does is it sends – you as an older player are constantly sending messages to young players like Miller and AT and Perry and all these other guys like, oh, we don't have to listen. We don't have to – we can do what we want. And so that's Amen. in the dangerous territory. And I think that's why – I heard Mickey spoke to the team. I don't know what he spoke to the team about, but I know the whole time we were there, we never got a, a really a long conversation from Mickey. And I, if I had to guess – it was probably that type of message. We have we do the things that we're supposed to do, and we set examples, and that's why we're a winning organization since 2006. We're not like all these other guys. We're not the Raiders. We're not those type of teams. We are a class act organization who do things the right way. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Always great insights, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right, Alrighty. thank you, Scott. Scott Shanley, former New Orleans Saint and uh, pre- and post-game analyst, for a CST on your view. We'll be back with Triple Option right after this break here on the Big 870. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and also Charlie Long. Um, give it our top takes on the top stories in sports and certainly nothing bigger today than Nick Saban retiring from University of Alabama. Somebody asked me about the, his SEC record. Charlie's won 17 wins, 18 losses. Wow. Uh, think of that. Nine SEC titles to go along with the six national championships. But in the SEC, the toughest conference in college football, 117 wins, 18 losses. That is phenomenal. I will not live long enough to see another guy like that. Charlie, I hope you do, but I, I kind of doubt it. The longevity of Saban has been incredible, too. He's the only head coach to win a national title in three different decades in college football. Yeah, and I was telling you, you don't remember it as much as Bob and I did because we were covering it, but him taking over an LSU football team that was middle of the road in the SEC when he took over and, and turning them into national championship-type team just a few years later was phenomenal. And, okay, there's a misperception that he left LSU to go to Alabama. That's not accurate. He, he left Miami. LSU to go to Miami to coach in the NFL. And he did so for two seasons and found out well, the it, NFL it, it, is it, a lot it, different it, than college football. And, Charlie, Mike, you know, it was crazy because I remember this. I just came on board in, in, in NOLA in New Orleans. Uh, this was pre uh, – I should say uh, it, it was post-Katrina. 
because I got here in March of 2005, then Katrina hits. LSU plays the Dolphins in Tiger Stadium, and you wouldn't believe the fans uh, how much they were cheering for Saban. And it's supposed to be a Saints home game. He was now, like the, the conquering hero uh, the, returns. The, the, the Dolphins end up winning, and now we were dealing with a lot of adversity because of Katrina and all right. that. This is before Sean Payton and all. And he still had Hassel and Aaron Brooks and all that. I think we won three games that year. But uh, Saban came back to, uh, to LSU uh, with the Dolphins and had beat the Saints in Tiger Stadium. So last year you've won fewer than seven games in the past, right. you know, right. 17 years. <laughs> Guys, I'm going with January Joe Flacco for this one. Uh, I mean, looking at his stats in the postseason so far, uh, in each of his last eight playoff games this is via NFL Communications, Flacco has recorded at least two touchdown passes. With two touchdown passes this weekend in Houston, he will tie Aaron Rodgers with nine for the longest streak of postseason games ever with multiple uh, touchdown passes. Uh, and then looking as well, since he's joined Cleveland, Flacco has totaled 1,616 passing yards, 323 per game, and 13 touchdown passes over five games. On uh, each start, he recorded multiple touchdown passes. In each of his last four, he totaled at least 300 passing yards. With 300 passing yards on Saturday, Flacco, who will be 38 years old at the time, will become the first player 38 years of, of age or older to record at least 300 passing yards in five consecutive games, including the playoffs in NFL history. Well, and, and you look, uh, that's why that's, I think Cleveland's the perfect example how you cannot use, oh, everybody's hurt. Uh, that's why we didn't have success. Look all the players, running back, quarterback. Your tackles. Yeah, tackles. tackles. Your tackles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nick <laughs> Chubb, the best running back <laughs> right, in football. Right. So when you look at that, so that's why, okay, I, I don't want to hear an excuse anymore. Look what Cleveland has done to be there where they're at. Uh, now, uh, it'd be interesting to see in the future, because uh, Deshaun Watson, what you have invested in him, and if Joe Flacco, that's how I want Joe Flacco uh, to win, just to give uh, Deshaun Watson the business, yeah. even though he might be the future. But you look at Cleveland, uh, they're preparing just for their second playoff appearance in 21 seasons. So it's over two decades. So that's why, I'm telling you, don't hate Cleveland. I think they're a dark horse. Uh, yeah, really uh, how can you not? I mean, to me, just uh, looking at Cleveland Browns, the dog pound and all that. But, Charlie, I'm going to go with this to give Saints fans hope. <laughs> okay, is that um, how it changes from, and Mike, how it changes from season to season. I hope oh, you're not going to tell them the schedule. No, 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 no. I'm not going with the schedule. I'm going with, okay, who's in the postseason, who's not in the postseason? Oh, the postseason droughts? No, 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 no. Okay. Who makes it, who doesn't make it? Six teams in the playoffs this year. Browns, Lions, Packers, Texans, Rams, and Steelers. Uh, last year, guess what? They were not in the postseason. That's six teams that were not in the postseason. Uh, so you look, at least four teams who failed to qualify uh, one season have reached the playoffs Look, the next year, every year since 1990. So the Saints are going to the playoffs next year. They replace so, the Chargers, the Vikings, Vikings, the Seahawks, the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. So uh, right then, the NFL loves this. You look at the parity. There's six new teams after missing the playoffs last year in the hunt. And it, it's every year. Okay, next year, I, I, I like this. You know, I say six, seven, eight coaches get fired every year. I said at least four teams Next year, who failed to qualify uh, one season to reach the playoffs, 
Next year, they're going to make it. Hopefully, the Saints are in that number because that's what's happened since 1990. Bobby, three seasons for the Saints missing the playoffs three straight years is the fourth longest drought in the NFL. <laughs> Just well, think about that for a second. That, the longest that's drought, amazing. The, the longest, longest postseason drought, drought in the NFL. It just shows you I, 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 that you can turn things around quickly. Got to, oh, no, we got to build some build crap. Uh, you you better win now. Now they got one, maybe two years. You got to win now. Yeah, the longest drought in the NFL right now. Currently, I think we'd all, we all know the Jets. 13 years. Yeah, yeah. After that, the Broncos at eight, which I think we're all kind of surprised that it's been that long since Denver's been back. Then two NFC South squads, the Panthers and the Falcons at six years, and then three seasons, Washington, Indianapolis, Chicago, and New Orleans. Guys, if the Falcons find the right quarterback, they are in that number to go in there. I'm telling you, they got a very good team, but nobody to turn the engine over on the car. Look, we all know Dennis Allen's thing. Okay, the way I look at next season. We ain't even started wild card weekend. Dennis Allen's already on the hot seat. Uh, right now, you know six, seven, eight coaches get fired every year? I mean, uh, right now, it, it is truly. It, and I, Bobby, didn't you say that we don't get the double-digit wins and we've got to make changes? Yes, but I'm not in charge of the team. But right now, where are we at? If they don't make the postseason, yeah, then, then uh, you, it, it just it's not hating on nobody. Just you got to get fired. It's just supply and demand and and what it takes and what your expectations are that they have to win next year. So Dennis Allen be on the hot seat. But I'm looking at the strength of schedule. I didn't even I could do a whole show on that. No, that strength uh, of schedule well, you don't want to read and well, well, keep, well, keep well, everybody I, optimistic. I'm telling you right now. Because that one's uh, much tougher. I can tell you right now, uh we we not even in February. Again, we didn't start the wild card playoff. The Saints will not suck next year. I'm not saying they could be very good. I think it's going to be the same song and dance. I think they're going to be like a 9-8 and eight team. I think it might be the same thing what happened this year is going to happen next year. I hope I'm wrong. Because the schedule's but, much tougher, guys. No, exactly. So I think uh, the nine wins next year might be more impressive than nine wins this year. You don't think the repercussions hit and hit quickly? Ryan Williams, who was considered a top 10 recruit for the 2024 recruiting class, had been a verbal commitment to Alabama. He tells Hayes Fawcett, <laughs> I'm decommitting. I'm looking around now. No Nick Saban, and I'm looking around. Man, that didn't take long. What it was, uh, less than an hour and a half, he was out of there and punched out. We are in the social media now. Everything's on top. Everybody's on top of everything. And so, you know? uh, man, goes to show you, and that's the first of the dominoes that, that's going to hit because of Nick Saban uh, retiring from College Football University of Alabama. We'll be back. We'll finish it up here on – uh, sports talk right after this message here on the Big 870 WWL. We're finishing it off here in our number two of sports talk on the Big 870. Want to tell everybody at 620 tonight, Ali Cosell will be on with us, uh, editor-in-chief as the bird writes, talking about the Pelicans. I'm going to give you a quote. Uh, Chris Lowe uh, spoke uh, about it, and he was the one who broke the story about Nick Saban. He says the last few days have been business as usual for Nick Saban. But Nick is old school. The first people he wanted to let know were his players. I don't think anybody saw it coming over the last couple days. Well, the only one who would probably see it coming, uh, hopefully he would share this with his wife. Yeah, I think that's the key. That, you know, uh, you're in bed at night and, you know, honey, what do you think? Uh, I think we've had a great run. And then you share that. And then she's not saying nothing. And then you talk to the players. That, that, that makes uh, that's old school. That makes a lot of sense. Instead yeah. of uh, okay, uh, and then you share it with people you're familiar with in the media. 
uh, with Chris Lowe and all that. You understand that. But first things first, I can see the wife. And the the wife's the first one yeah. to know. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 